0: This is the woman behind the business. Featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livas.
1: This week on the woman behind the business, don't block your balloon. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Ives, and today, I'll be honest, I'm going to take you on a bit of an emotional roller coaster. However, it's my hope that you'll walk away feeling energized and empowered to take on whatever battle you might be facing and whatever adversity that may be standing in your way. Our guest is author and business owner, Mary Patterson. She's had her share of hurdles to overcome, but she uses her story to empower other women to break free and live in full bloom. How does she do it? Well, she's the author of Don't Block Your Bloom and the designer of a brand that is created to enrich and empower women from the inside out. She also shares motivational memos like this one that she posted today. Make your request known. When you ask for something, it may not come packaged in a pretty bow. However, you may be presented with the process of preparation, which will prepare you for what you're asking for. There will be a season of shedding. The stage gets very uncomfortable, confusing, and can be emotionally taxing. You always hear, trust the process. And you may ask, how do I trust the process when it's this uncomfortable? which is a great question and a great place for us to start. But for now, allow me to introduce you to Mary Patterson. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm
1: super (laughs) excited to have you here. And as I said, I felt like when I read that post and it was from today, I was like, wow. And seeing your story, hearing your story, I felt like it was a very poignant place to start. Yeah. So how would you answer The latter part of that, and I'll repeat it. You said, you always hear, trust the process. And you may ask, how do I trust the process when it's this uncomfortable? How would you guide somebody through that?
0: That is a very, very good question. Because our first thing to do when things get uncomfortable is to abort. Mm -hmm. We want to get rid of it. I don't want to be here. And a lot of times during that period of shedding, when it gets uncomfortable, that's where we stop and we go backwards. Um, I can speak from my own experience and say I had to lean into it. Um, meaning I had to sit with my with myself during that time to really go inward and understand exactly what it was that I was feeling and why I was feeling it. Mm -hmm. Um, My support system was key. I'm very, very, very big on sisterhood, um, and I'm actually creating a community to present sisterhood to those who don't have it because there's a lot of women who don't have it.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Transition is hard. Shedding is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Journaling helps get through that process. Prayer and meditation help get through that process. And counseling. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Counseling helps get through that process.
1: Now, I know we haven't shared what that uh, shedding moment was for you. Mm -hmm. And that's intentional. So I want to dial it back just a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about um, what did you aspire to be as a child?
0: That's a good question. Because it's it's amazing how life comes full circle. I always had interest in how the brain works, how humans operate, how did we become to be who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had, uh, I love fashion. Mm-hmm. I am a creative. I like creating. That fused me. Um, so... As a child, I was a creative more, but I always was curious, always wanted to know the why about people. So
1: in going through that process, how, how old are you now? 34. Okay. Yeah. So did you go to college? Like where where has your journey led you?
0: So I, I have some college, but I didn't graduate. Okay. Um. I've been in the government since I was 16. Mm-hmm. I'm still there. Um, so I've just been working since then.
1: <laughs> but in the government, did, do you get to explore your creative side or? I don't.
0: No, okay. <laughs> I don't. So I created that for myself through uh, my business 1216, was, which is an image consulting um, business. And I'm sure we'll get to the meaning behind mm-hmm. that. But I had to create that space for myself because Um, of course creating is self-expression and and it was therapy for me. Um, So in high school I started with remaking garments for my friends and making belts and things like that. Um, And it just spiraled and I just kept creating and started sewing and things like that.
1: All right, Now so we made it through high school. We talked about kind of where we are today. Let's fast forward to 2018 and how would you describe December 16th, 2018? Okay. It was 20... It was 2008. 2008.
0: 2008. Yes. So
1: I saw two dates. Yeah. And so I was like, well, is it 2008 or is it 2018? Mm-hmm. Or, or it did something happen in... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not great. Okay. So 2008. Yes.
0: Okay. Go for it. Um. So <laughs> do you mind if I go back a little further? Yep. Go back. So... Uh, in my book, I share about me being in a same-sex marriage.
1: And let, let me be clear. Okay. There, uh, the book is titled Don't Block Your Bloom. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Um, so in the book, I share about my experience in a same-sex marriage. And in that relationship, I was the abuser. Um I started the abuse. And, of course, the woman, is anybody that's being hit or abused, they're going to defend themselves. So the relationship became very abusive because— Wait,
1: you said you started the abuse? Yeah.
0: Okay. I initiated the abuse.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Physical, Mm emotional— All, all of, of the it. Above. All of it. Okay, so it yeah. was just crazy. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Part of me was just, I was controlling. Okay. I was controlling. And that was my way of trying to control people hmm. um, that I was in a relationship with. It was my way of trying to control. Um, but little did I know, you know, I'm just going to hit you back. So after that relationship, I um, got into a relationship with a guy who... Was abusive. And, you know, it started, the abuse started as friends. But, you know, the headspace that I was in, I was like, okay, I'm used to this. We can, you know, let's we fight. We can it. do this. Yeah. Okay. No,
1: you cannot. So, wait a second. So, I just, I just want to make sure we are, yeah. you know, going through <laughs> this process. So, you were in a, you said same-sex marriage. No relationship. Relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then... You got out of that. You became friends with a guy. Mm -hmm. And it started off your
0: friendship was abusive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. How your friendship be abusive? Right. And this is, I always talk about women um, ignoring the red flags. Okay. Um, Like what? What are some of the red flags? The way a man speaks to you pay attention to how he treats his mom. Mm. You know, those were the red flags that I ignored. Uh But this particular time, you know, I said something he didn't like. I think I said something like, I'm not your girl. And his hand came flying across the car to my face. And at that moment, I should have left. I should have been out of it. But I wasn't because I was like, okay, you know, I'm used to this. We can do this.
1: So wait, what went through your mind? Because if you're just saying, I'm not your girl... What was he thinking he thought you were
0: well, I don't know, or it, it may have been oh, you're talking back to me type of thing mm, okay or something, but whatever it was, he didn't like me saying that period mm-hmm. um so obviously I didn't leave um I became pregnant uh with my first child, and I'm not sure if you want to talk about that experience yeah, okay I, um became pregnant with my first child and uh, Morgan, my sweet Morgan. I carried her nine months and a week before my due date, um, there was a little there was something that wasn't right. And in as a mother, when you carry your child, you kinda know the patterns that they create while they're in your womb. And this particular day she just wasn't as active. And I began to worry, so I told my supervisor at the time, I was like, I think I need to go to the doctor, which was right up the road. So he was like, okay, go ahead. So I got there, and I'm like, well, she's not moving as much. Um, they was like, okay, well, drink some cold apple juice because usually that'll get them shaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't work. So they sat there and monitored me and it was like, well, we got a heartbeat. So let's just monitor you for a little while and see if we can get her to move since we hear a heart. So that went on for about an hour. Um, and then it was like, okay, she's not really moving. You need to go to the hospital like now. And, um, I was in, uh, Suitland area Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the doctor and my, um, The hospital I had to go to was Holy Cross, which is in Silver Spring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a ride. A journey. Yeah. So um, I head there. And by the time I got there, you know, they monitor you to see if they can find a heartbeat. And they did that. And, you know, they said, there's no heartbeat. There's no heartbeat. And, oh, that crushed me. That crushed me. So um, that was the day. December 16th, 2008, uh, where I lost my child and I felt like I lost myself Um, because, you know, you have your baby shower, you celebrate this life that you expect to come into the world healthy Mm. um, and everything. But I also, that should have been a sign for me to leave the relationship too, because The abuse was still going on as I was pregnant. And although the doctors, they just couldn't understand why she didn't make it, she was healthy. They couldn't figure it out. I had an autopsy, nothing. Um, So in my heart, I knew that the abuse played a part. The stress that I was under at that time during my pregnancy. Now,
1: when you say the abuse that you were under during the pregnancy,
0: it was physical. It was emotional. It yes. was arguing just about every day. You know when you a woman has morning sickness, and you just have someone while you're having your morning sickness, just yelling at you. That's stress. That's mm-hmm. stress not only on you but your unborn child. The physical abuse as well continued. And now, when you say physical, physical how?
1: Like slaps, punches. Um,
0: we getting in like fist fight. I wouldn't say like as far as like fist fighting at mm-hmm. that point. Um, maybe like grabbing the hair, mm-hmm. doing arguments and stuff like that. If you knew I had fresh braids in my hair, and you're like, yeah, grabbing my hair just because you know it's gonna hurt me. Um, things like that. It's all stress, and that goes to your child. Mm-hmm. So, um, that should also been a point where I was like, okay. It's time to go, but I didn't leave.
1: And what would you say was part of the reasoning why you didn't leave? Was it you needed him to take care of you and the baby? Like, was it you just in love with
0: him? That wasn't it. A part of me, now that I got out of the situation, I was able to do some very, very, very uh, deep reflecting. Mm -hmm. And during that reflecting time, I was trying I into the relationship, trying to please others like my mom, you know, because she she didn't agree with the same sex relationship I was in. Mm. Um, but I knew if I was with a male, she it'll make her happy. Um, but. And as you sit here and ask me, like, why didn't I leave? I want to say that. A part of that is because abuse translated into love for me. Control translated into someone caring mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's kind of how you exhibited, it yeah. in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're not down my throat about asking, you know, asking about where I am and why aren't you doing this and why aren't you, that translated you know, I didn't think you cared mm-hmm. enough about me. Mm-hmm. So I think that was also a part of why I stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go on, uh, I got pregnant again. and um, the By the uh, same person. By the same person. Okay. The abuse continued. Okay. But the straw for me was, I'm walking away. Right, the now, did you out. have that baby? I did. He's healthy. That's my baby. Um. I got into an argument, and he. I'm walking away from the argument because I'm just like I'm not about to do this again. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm kicked in the back. Um, it wasn't a very hard kick, but the point that you will raise your foot at a woman that's carrying your child, you know. So I was just like no. So that was just straw for me. I was like that. Gotta go. So it took him to kick you in your
1: behind for you to be <laughs> like, "Yo, I gotta I'm out." Be out.
0: <laughs> yes, and it's it's looking back now. It's unfortunate that it took that much, mm-hmm. but I thank God for the journey. Not particularly the moments that I had the abuse, mm-hmm. but I'm able to help so many women at this point. Um, just find their voice, find who they are. Even heal from domestic violence and Mm -hmm. losing a child. So,
1: yeah. So after the point in which you lost Morgan Mm -hmm. and you stayed, how did he handle the loss?
0: He took it hard. He took it hard, you know. Um. We had a beautiful memorial service for her. Um and he took it he took it hard. Did he take any responsibility?
1: No. Nah. Did you ever <laughs> have that conversation no, about
0: I didn't. And I, you know, I guess I just didn't
1: care to. But in your mind did you ever kind of put A and B together?
0: in the equation that see mm-hmm.
1: you're the culprit or a yeah. huge part of this. Yeah.
0: I, I don't I don't I don't know if he ever I don't know. Those are com- I've never had the conversation with him. I really don't care to, you know, but it's something he has to live with. We all have to live with our truth if we decide to live it out or not.
1: Now how long were you with him after the first loss? Like, how soon after did you get pregnant with Oh, your very son? soon.
0: Oh. <laughs> very soon. It was like some months after. Okay. You know, it was quick, fairly quick. And so how old is your son now? He's 10. He's okay. 10. Okay. Yes.
1: So in all of that, what would you say was the greatest lesson that you learned um, from being in that situation, but then also gaining the strength to walk away.
0: The greatest lesson. Um, Be with yourself long enough to really understand what self-love looks like to you. Because if you don't know what that looks like for you and if you don't embody that for yourself, It's no way you can teach someone else how to love you correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, Take time to heal. Um, I knew for myself that I will get into relationships prematurely. And I was looking for others to heal me. And it was just toxic. I'm looking for someone to give me things that I couldn't even give myself. So me putting that much pressure on other people is unfair. Mm. Um, People, they begin to act out under pressure too. You know, now I'm with an amazing, married to an amazing man. And I always tell people that I didn't know how much healing I still had to do until I got married to my husband. Mm. Because... He loved me differently. He wasn't controlling. So I would pick fights because it didn't look like what I'm used to it looking like. So I, I figured he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I say spend time with yourself. Figure out what self-love look like to you.
1: Now, how long did you spend kind of getting reacclimated?
0: With who Mary is. In between my relationship. Mm-hmm. um, I'll say not enough time. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> not enough she say, time. She said, do what I say, not as I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you because I know, you know, because I, I still had healing to do when I got married. So I say I didn't spend enough time.
1: Okay, but well, what was so, the time
0: frame that you spent um before
1: you got in that next relationship?
0: I say about 2 2 years. Okay, that's not too
1: bad. Was but, but. it was was he the very next relationship or was he just
0: Well, I had some situations. <laughs> so, therefore <laughs> that goes to show that I really wasn't dealing with myself because I had these situations that would provide fun for me and you know so then let's
1: say this then, because I think it's it's important to really get to the heart of what it means to be still mm-hmm. and to take that time to work on yourself. So what does that look like? So if you're coaching somebody and they say, all right, Miss Mary, I'm, I'm being still, I'm, I'm doing me, I'm not doing, you know, I ain't doing nothing right now, but they go on an occasional lunch date or they are, you know, you know, just entertaining people, still having conversations. Is that still a part of you dealing with you? Or is it something where you're just kinda like, you know what? I have to be completely removed from any of the interactions with anybody who may be interested in me or like, what does that really look like? Yeah.
0: No, I'm not telling you to go lock yourself in the room and just, just, you know, uh, bask in, no, I'm not saying that, Mm -hmm. but check your intentions. Um, make sure you're not going on dates or entertaining, entertaining people to fill a void or to provide you with something that you should be providing yourself. Um, what should we do sometimes unintentionally? So that's why I say check your intentions and know, have the conversation with yourself. You what know? if you're just bored?
1: Because <laughs> I feel like oh, that's a real idle thing. time. <laughs> yes, I feel like that's a real thing. I feel like, you know, I know, I mean, and the woman behind the business, we have over a thousand women and, um... Just in having conversations, like, sometimes it's just, like, I know that I don't want to be with this person, but it's something to do. Yeah. You know I'm what I mean? I've
0: been there. I'm, <laughs> in there where I'm just like, okay, now.
1: But does that mean that you're not working on yourself because no. it's something to do?
0: No, it doesn't. We all have to have fun. Right. But make sure you're doing it just for to have fun and you're not looking for someone to feel something in you, mm. you know, that you should be... If, if you feel that way, if you find yourself feeling that way, that means you need to go figure out what it is inside mm-hmm. you that you're, that you're looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and work on that part of you so ch- you can feel that void for yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, when you got in your marriage, how long did you and your husband
0: date before you got married? Um, I think it was two years, maybe. Okay, But we <laughs> this is a funny story and I love for him to tell it. We went to high school together. We met in ninth grade. Um. But what's funny, I met him in ninth grade, but I didn't see him anymore after that. And we always lived like, right around the corner from one another. Um, then I slid in his inbox on Facebook, and that just started. We just started hanging out, you know. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should see the smile on her face right now, okay? And the ring on her finger. So, yes, that's real happiness right there. Now, what would you say? Cause you mentioned that in the relationship, in your marriage, you realized that you still had had healing to do. How did that
0: manifest? Like how did that show up for you?
1: Mm.
0: Me realizing that I I needed to heal still. Mm-hmm. Because I was picking fights with a man that was just peaceful. And I'm like, well, I know it's not him, so it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I said, the control. Why aren't you controlling me? And he just, no, like you you're, you, an awful, you're a grown, wrong person. You're right. <laughs> you your freedom, you call me, you know. He just wasn't for that. The the talking to him any kind of kind of way. He just wasn't for that and he wouldn't talk to me. My husband does not call me out my name. He does not talk to me any kind of way. He doesn't curse at me. And I wasn't used to that. So I'm just like, you don't care about me. He's just like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you need help. And I'm like, yeah, I do still have some healing to do because why does love still look like that to me? Mm-hmm.
1: So essentially, he loved you through the process. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. And he had to understand that, you know, my wounds were deep. Mm-hmm. They were deep. Um I still had so many triggers that I didn't even know that I had, and, and you know I was pointing a finger at him when you know I still needed to do some self-reflections and figure out why am I being triggered? Not just keep oh you triggered me, so it's your fault. No. Right.
1: (laughs) We are speaking with Mary Patterson, the author of Don't Block Your Bloom. Um, She's also the woman behind 1216. So um, I'm totally enjoying this conversation, but we need to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to learn more about how she used Uh, this situation and her trauma to propel her into uh, full-time well part-time entrepreneurship um, and being an author so stay with us Are you tired of dragging yourself into the office while your business ideas are being left at home? It might be time to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. Join me as I take you on a journey of transitioning into a full-time entrepreneur in my book, Side Hustle to Main Hustle, The Woman's Guide to Transitioning into Full-Time Entrepreneurship. I'll walk you through my five-step system to give you the confidence, business structure, accountability, support, and transparency you need to transition effectively and successfully. To grab your free downloadable copy of the book, text DREAM to 31996. That's DREAM to 31996. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I am your host, Angel Livis. We have in studio with us the author of Don't Block Your Bloom. And now we're going to talk about her transition into women's empowerment and her personal stylist brand 1216. Welcome back to the show, Mary. Hello. Actually, before I go into um, the styling and the empowerment, um, in your relationship. It's clear that you're still growing. It's clear that you have found somebody who, like we said earlier, kind of loves you through the process. What did it look like for you when you identified, you know, he loves me differently? Was it more of a, hmm, like maybe I really am the problem? Or was it also like, is this really what love is supposed to feel like?
0: Yeah, I think it was more of, this is what love looks like. This, and I always teach, I always tell him that he, he's he has taught me what love really looks like. Um, because love is gentle, it's kind. So, and he was just he was being just that, and he didn't understand why I was spazzing out the way I was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had the aha moment where yeah. It's time for you to do the work. And sometimes it's hard doing the work when you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. because you kind of you bleed onto other people. Um, And sometimes you push them into areas that they didn't ask to be be in. Now, did he have
1: children or was Mm -hmm. he previously married or anything?
0: No. So we're a blended family. We have uh, two boys, which we came into the marriage um, with. And then we have a girl together. Okay. so I have a beautiful blended family okay
1: and how does the first father deal with your husband
0: like how he doesn't th- okay well does he see his child? He doesn't he, okay he's pretty <laughs> hands off okay well,
1: I mean that's probably for the best
0: listen it's <laughs> probably for the best
1: all right so, One of the things that we talked about is how you have essentially used this period in your life to propel you into your passion. Um, One of the very first questions that I asked was, you know, what did you want to be as a child? And you said you always enjoyed styling. My guess is that you kind of put that on the back burner during a period Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. So how and what caused you to pick that back up and to use it um, to help others? Yeah.
0: So after I lost my daughter, of course, I went into, like, a deep depression. I stopped doing fashion, um, something that I truly loved. Um, but fashion kept chasing me, and that's, that is what happened when it's your purpose. It keeps pursuing you even when you don't even want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to pour my energy into that. And um, we are—1216 is Style That Empowers— and I gave it that tagline because everybody that I would style, it always went deeper. Mm-hmm. It The surface was just one layer, um, and it always went deeper. And I'm like, I'm doing something for these people other than just putting clothes on them. So um, I was actually helping women bloom. I was helping people. Being a stylist is pretty intimate. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize how intimate you are with other people, with your clients. So, um, you know, I was helping women through their insecurities. I was helping them dress to match those insecurities, which will up their confidence. And I'll see how my clients will walk different. They'll show up different. They'll show up more powerful. And I'm like, okay, I see that I have this God-given gift to mm-hmm. pour into people, even when I'm not um, verbally pouring into them.
1: Helping them boost their, yeah. con- their
0: self-confidence. Yeah.
1: Love it. Now, what did it take for you to, like, did you have an aha moment when you realized just how uh, prolific that anointing was on your life to be able to help others? I had to step back
0: and just observe. Like everybody that attached themselves to me, or I attached myself to them, they come out better.
2: Mm.
0: They're 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 growing in this relationship, and I take no credit for that. You know, I take no credit for that. It's all the God in me. Mm. Um. So just stepping back and looking. So yes, it was a aha moment, and I'm like,
1: okay. <laughs> and did it make you? like excited did it it make you want to kind of put pen to paper and figure out like okay if this is happening how can i create a process to ensure that this can actually be a lucrative business because one of the things that i talk um, to a lot of women about is it's one thing to have a hobby that is just something you enjoy doing but hobbies don't always generate money Right, right so you know creating the processes to have and establish a successful business is a different, um, it's a different experience. Yeah. So when, when did you realize like I can transition this from just something I'm enjoying to this is something that I can generate revenue from.
0: So as I told you, it it started to pursue me. Mm. And one of my first, uh, clients that I say kind of pulled me out of, uh, the hobby phase. Um, and I, I, I guess when she came along, I was at a point where I'm just like, didn't really know if I wanted to still do it. I loved it, but, uh, uh-huh. so, um, I took her on as a client and I just fell in love all over again. It was just what I needed, um, so. That one client turned into two, turned into three. So I'm just like, okay, well I need to find some uh, big stylist that's well known in the area, um, to work on, is to work under. So I started interning with Cass, um, and learned so much for him. And then I'm just like, okay, I let me get serious with my own
2: mm-hmm. business.
0: Uh, so it started with that, and then I pulled my husband, my husband in because he has a natural, just a natural sense of style that's just crazy. Uh, so I was just like, well, maybe you can just come in. It took him a while to come on board. He was just like, not nah, your, that's your thing, that's your baby. But I was like, you're naturally, you naturally have it, and men need that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe you will take over the men's section, and I'll do the women. And it it just became a business.
1: I love it. Now, how do you plan to
0: expand or do you have plans to scale it? I do because I wear many hats and some days I'm just like, what if we, have, I, I would love to get to a point where 12, 16 gets to have all these stylists under it, mm-hmm. and I can just, you know, focus on other things mm-hmm. and just be important to these other people uh, to grow their craft, so yes, I would love to. That's that's the big vision, of course.
1: Okay, all right. Well, you might have to check out my book, Side Hustle to Main Hustle, and yes. helping in that transition okay. from your full time job into yes, that full time business. All right, now again, we are speaking with Mary Patterson, author of um, What's the Name? Don't of the book? block your no. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lock your bloom as well as the um, the woman behind 1216. Now, when you decided to bring your husband into the fold, um, was that like something that you were just like, you know what? This just makes sense because there's so much on me that we, we can share this. And if we're going to be making money together, we can might as well. You yeah. know, split some of this uh, <laughs> responsibility. Come get this work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I know you said it took him a second to come into it. But now that he's in, is he, like, oh, yeah. gung-ho, like, yeah. we
0: rocking this thing? Yeah. So, I mean, now he's on board and he's killing it. Um, of course, I've been focused on my book because that's been taking a lot of my time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so he's been holding it down, getting his clients, you know, dressing men for success and everything else. So I'm super proud of him for holding it down for me.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about the book because you finished the book last year. Yes. Um, What was the genesis for the book? Was it just to share your story? Like what made you decide, you know, hey, it's time for me to share this. Yeah.
0: The book was birthed out of obedience Hmm. Um, because I feel if it was solely up to me, I was fine just, just, you know, casually telling my story to people who I felt needed to hear it. Um, But God had bigger plans for me. And I tell everyone it was obedience. Um, It took me about a year to write it uh, because I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing God at all in the book. Because the topics that I'm talking talking about, these are people's lives. I'm helping people get through some trauma. Mm -hmm. So the book starts off about me, but it's not really about me. It's about the reader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was obedience. It was obedience. Now,
1: when it comes to writing a book, people often make excuses um, as for why they don't get it done. There are some people who started writing a book. And if I'm talking about you, yep, I'm talking about you. (laughs) Um, There are some people who started writing a book 10 years ago, five years ago. And it's sitting. Mm -hmm. What are three things that you can share with somebody who wants to write a book but feels like they're stuck, feels like, you know, they're talking themselves out of it like nobody wants to hear what I'm writing? Like what are some things that you can share as like motivators to get the book done
0: just do it just do it and just do it no I'm <laughs> playing um one I had to schedule time like okay I need to sit and write a, at least a little bit mm-hmm. each day if not each day one day a week whatever works for you I don't know what your schedule is you have to schedule the time to sit and write Um, believe in yourself you know know that you have a story that somebody can relate to somebody can Um, find an accountability partner I know that's key for a lot of people I have a close sister friend who has several books she's been sitting on and I'm checking to her okay what's your I'm giving her deadlines Mm -hmm. like okay you need to get these books out Mm-hmm. at least one this year. So, I think having a having an accountability partner helps. Yeah. So, what's
1: next for you? Like what I mean, I know we talked a little bit about where you ultimately want 1216 to grow to, but like what, you know, throughout the course of this year, what are some things that you want to accomplish?
0: I want to make sure that I create a solid sisterhood uh an environment of sisterhood for women um on april the 11th 2020 i'm having um it's called the power exchange Mm -hmm. and we as women we carry everybody carries something you everybody has a piece of the pie and we all need to contribute to get to a certain point um, and I just want women to realize that you're powerful. You have some, you have power in you that you yet to tap into. Um, so this particular event, I'm super excited about it. Um, our crystal for the event is Rose Quartz. And that's a love, it's a heart crystal. So it's love, friendship, trust. Um, we have sound healing. My sister friend, she's going to come and teach some techniques you can do in your home for with yourself to center yourself through sound healing. If you don't have a voice, fine. Mm-hmm. But you still have the ability to do this. Um, we're going to have a bloom session. We all still have a lot to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calling it leave your struggles at the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to talk about these struggles because sometimes it takes a person to ask you the right questions to get you to to think, to think a little deeper and do and go inward to really see um, what, you're, what you may be missing at the core that you need to work on. Mm-hmm. So um, the Power Exchange 2020, April 11th. I'm super excited about that. Yay.
1: Awesome. <laughs> well, let me know how we can support it. Yes. Um, now, one of the things that you talked about just now um, in bringing up your conference is tapping into your inner power. Um, do you currently, like, coach women? Because I know you do the whole empowerment element. So what are three things that people can do to tap into their inner power or the inner God in her? Mm-hmm.
0: Know who you are. It starts there. And But what if you don't know who you are? Yeah, a lot of us don't. Mm-hmm. A lot, and it's a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you figure out who you learn a little bit about yourself. Um, I say every time you encounter other people, you know, someone was rude with me earlier, and I could have let that shift my day, but I'm like, no. And those that's the type of work that we have to do, um, because we can reprogram ourselves. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I had anger issues,
1: I can tell. (laughs) I mean,
0: (laughs) she said I started fights. I was, I instigated. (laughs) I mean, back in the day, you know, these things that I encounter now would have triggered me. So you know, get to know who you are, and you can't do that by yourself. I say you really can't do that by yourself. So having a spiritual coach, a counselor to kind of walk you through the layers of who you are is very important. Um, having a solid circle around you of sister and other women.
1: Let me ask this, though. Is it relying on what other people are telling you or mm-hmm. uh, who you are? Because I, I just want to be clear, Mm-mm, because no. in a lot of times people think, OK, well, let me go to a counselor and they're going to coach me through to this other side, but they're not going with a keen and open mind mm-hmm. or keen and open spirit. So they're listening, but they're listening for keywords to say, "Oh, this is how I, I am." No, opposed to no. allowing themselves to determine
0: to who they are. Yeah. Yeah. You said it.
1: <laughs> so I you just said wanna, it. Yeah, I want to make sure you we're clear. It. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Don't let anyone paint a picture of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's that's your job, right? And social media does a good job at it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? All right. Number two.
1: What was the next one? What was your question? Again? Um, so, <laughs> what are three things that people can do to tap
0: into their inner power? Um, re- So my thing. I read a lot of spiritual books. Um, reading listening to uh we're spiritual beings if we know it or not Mm -hmm. so tapping knowing who i am spiritually and um reading definitely helped me reading those books um meditation spending those time breathing and and meditating and trying to center myself um now
1: how do you center yourself because okay I'm playing devil's advocate. Now. <laughs> because, no, this is something that I actually literally struggle with. Like, yeah. yoga and not meditate. I need like, to. I am absolutely horrible. Like, you wanting to sit me down and tell me to breathe and focus on my breath. <laughs> it, it doesn't clear my mind. That doesn't yeah. take me to a place of meditation. Now, you put some music on. Yeah, you can do music. And then I feel like I'm at least, like... Like, okay, I can chill, but have time to um,
0: listen into the words. But. <laughs> <laughs> so meditation can look different. It's not you doing the own. Um, it's you not know. one size fits all. Yeah. Okay. So I say you figure out what works for you. Whatever settles your spirit, whatever uh, calms your mind. For me, worship. I like to put on worship music and do praise and worship. That settles me. And I get a lot of downloads that way. Um, so. Don't start, again. Don't let people paint a picture for you of what meditation looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you you're you're settling your spirit and your thoughts, I think you.
1: That's a good way to know. look at it. So maybe I meditate in the shower.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can.
1: I mean, I think that's like where that's when you talk about downloads, like that's yeah. where my downloads, yeah, like, yeah. So there you great go. Great ideas come there. All right. So third one. Um. Your third one. So the first one was um, know who you are. Mm -hmm. The second one was take the time to meditate, center yourself.
0: And um, I always say an accountability partner. And because I didn't have one for so long and I have one now, Mm -hmm. I see how much I've grown, even spiritually. Mm -hmm. Having that spiritual partner. Um helps. Having a prayer partner helps. Um, ha- Just having someone you can call on and see you, help walk you through your thoughts, even if it's not a counselor.
1: Right.
0: Um, You know, I had a l- young lady today and I told her, I was like, if you ever just need to have a conversation, a lot of times we have our conversations in our head mm-hmm. and That's no help to us. Right. So having someone that can hold you up at the time where you're feeling weak Mm -hmm. is is very important. Very, very important.
1: That's awesome. Well, we got those three tidbits. and. Now we have come to the point in the show where we are going to move into our moments from the valley. Now I know we shared some valley moments already, (laughs) but um, I hope you shared, kept one for us. Let me see. Um, (laughs) So this is a point in time in the show where we will ask you to share um, a time that you did not know how you were going to make it out of a particular situation. So we would like to know what that moment was how you made it out, and what was waiting for you on the other side. We're going to give you a second to think. And while you think, we are going to listen to uh, a little India Ari. All right, stay with us.
2: So natural to make a light Cause he's a perfect compliment Cause I'm a boss in my world But when we're together He just makes me feel like his girl He's giving me love So steady He touches my heart Now I'm ready He touches my soul giving me love. So steady. He puts every other man I've ever known to shame. I just wanna be with him, talk to him, sleep near him, walk with him, be with him. every day. I wanna be lovers and friends and mother his children, make breakfast on Sunday and fight and then make up again. Cause if life's gonna be crazy anyway, I wanna yeah. Ooh, yeah. Steady love. Hey, ooh. Um. Steady love. He's a good father. He's a good cook. He loves his basketball. And he loves a good book. I tell you how I know. He's the perfect one for me Cause he's a warrior in the streets But he's a king in the sheets He's given me love So steady He touches my heart Now I'm ready He touches my soul And my spirit
1: We are back, and Mary is all on you to share your moment in the valley. My moment in the
0: valley. So you all already know that um, I lost the baby. So therefore, she was a stillborn, and I had to deliver that baby. And the moments of the moments after hearing there was no heartbeat. And the doctors having to induce me so that I dilate 10 centimeters so that I can push. I begged and begged for a C-section because I just didn't want to go through that process knowing that there would be no baby for me to take home. Um, But it was no way for me to get out of that process of birth. So as I push and push, trying to process what was just dumped on me that my baby is deceased yet I still have to birth her um, was terrifying to say the least. It was terrifying and having to process all of this at one time and them while she's delivered them wiping her off and wrapping her up and putting her in my arms. Those moments were definitely moments in the valley because it was no way I saw myself bouncing back after that. I couldn't see a, a door that said exit here. I didn't see anything. Um, and in those moments, I felt that I had died too. I felt that a part of me was deceased. Um. So that is my value moment. And the, the depression that followed, um... I moved back into my mom's house and just stayed in the basement in the dark for days. Um, I was prescribed prescribed antidepressants, which my mom was like, no, you're not going to take that. You're not going to depend on that. You're going to get through this. Um, so that was a process in itself. But little did I know that there was a process in the process of all of it. And it was a message and it was... It was light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And once I decided to pick myself up along with the people around me that held me by my collar and, you know, just cheering me on like, you're going to get through this and praying for me and pouring into me through this time, the visits that I had from friends and family helped me definitely get through it. And now that I'm on the other side of it, there was strength on the other side. There was power on the other side. There was abundance on the other side. There was peace on the other side. There was confirmation. There there was bigger vision. My territory was enlarged. So that's why I say what you go through isn't always for you. Um, there's always a bigger picture. There's always a bigger bigger purpose. And although you may go through it and it may tear you apart or feel like it's tearing you apart, there's always a bigger purpose. And now I'm walking into this purpose. I'm walking proof that you can get through some of the things that you felt like you couldn't make it through, that you felt like would take you out. I'm now pouring into women and helping others get through these moments where life would knock us down and then kick us while we down so that's my valley moment (laughs) thank you so much for sharing
1: that 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 was definitely a moment from the valley and um as you said i truly believe that those moments are times and testimonies for us to share and it it reflects that the power of god it reflects that you know, we may have endured this, um, but when we share it, it shows you can get through whatever it is that you're going through as mm-hmm. well, which mm-hmm. is why I started the show off saying this is going to be a roller coaster, y'all.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: at the end, my goal is always to empower you, to yeah. let you know that whatever it is that your obstacle um, that you're facing or the adversity that is before you. It's nothing that you can't overcome. Mm-hmm, so just lean into it, yes. trust the process, yes. and you're gonna make it on you're the other side. It. So thank you so very much, <laughs> Mary. This you. has been an amazing time. I hope that you've enjoyed oh, it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I pray that you enjoyed it, um, and I and I truly, truly appreciate you being completely, um. Letting your guard down and, like I said, allowing God to use you to manifest and to, to speak to other people to let them know that whatever your journey is, yes, there's beauty, there's the love, side. there's light. There's money. There's prosperity <laughs> yes. on that other side. Yes, yes. So um, if you guys uh, did not get have a chance to write down the title of her book, it's called Don't Block Your Bloom. It is available online on yes. Amazon. Amazon.
0: You can go through my website, donblockyourbloom.com and it'll take you exactly where you need to be. All right. And what about your social media? Donblockyourbloom.com and 1216. That's the word 12.
1: Okay. And social media, it's uh, Don't Block Your Bloom. Don't Block Your Bloom, yes. All right, awesome. Any
0: last minute words Uh, of the conference? uh, Tell them information of where they can register. The Power Exchange. April the 11th, 2020, you can go through my website, don't block don'tblockyourbloom.com, and it'll take you exactly where you need to be.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so very much for joining us today. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And for you at home, thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. Um, I would talk about the retreat, but shoot, that's next week, so... It's going to be still going on. Yeah, you still have time to <laughs> register. So I guess we'll we'll knock it out with that. Um, be, please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can, of course, still register to attend the Woman Behind the Business retreat titled Vision 2020, using scriptures to propel you to new dimensions. It's all happening on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th at Mar Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com backslash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at WBB Talk. A special thank you to our show producer, Shane Lewis, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.